Partakers of the divine nature. How many times have we read that in the last month? Now, Second Peter. Yeah. Yeah, many times. Guess what? We're reading it again tonight. Amen. We are made, made. You ever watch a mafia movie talking about a made man? Yes. You're made. Amen. Which means you ought to be a spiritual badass. <laughs> you ought to be. Right? Yes. You've been made by God. Every lick of power he's got, every lick of wisdom he's got is available to you to make your choices, your decisions, and to live your life where no one can say anything. They would, they would flee from you because of the power that's resting within you. But you don't trust the power resting in you because you already know you're still got a lot of things no good in you. And you haven't firmly came to a place to say, I want all of this gone. I don't want any more of this in my life. Until you're ready to cast, cast that all aside, it's got spots and blemishes on you. We are made partakers of the divine nature through the promises. Those are the ones that are exceedingly and abundantly above anything we can think or ask, right? Yes. Hmm. And the divine, we have to manipulate the divine nature or human nature by habits. The first habit to form is the habit of realizing the provision God has made. Eventually understand that God gave you everything you need to get through this life. And I would be giving him thanks every day for what he's given you, even though you might have poo-pooed away. Yeah. Oh, I can't afford it, we say. One of the worst lies is tucked up into that phrase. It's, it's ungovernably bad taste to talk about money in the natural domain. And so it is also in spiritual. Yet we talk as if our Heavenly Father cut it off, cut us off without a shilling. Poor, poor, pitiful you, right? It's governmentally bad taste to talk about money in the natural domain, and so it's spiritually. We talk as if our Heavenly Father cut us off without a shilling. We think it's a sign of real modesty to say at the end of the day, oh, well, I've just gotten through, but it's been a severe tussle. See, I get barely through sometimes. I get people calling me in the middle of doing what I'm doing. It is what it is. I don't believe that I'm making any mistakes in God. I don't believe God's going to let me make any mistakes. So I'm not worried about where that phone rings. I'm not worried about what's going on. I keep doing what God asks me to do. Mm -hmm. Because I'm very leisurely doing what God asks me to do, the old bull walking down the hill, I got a lot of extra time to do other things that he asks me to do. So I'm not always just focused on one thing. I'm focused on many different things because he's been kind enough to give me a chance to have stewardship over greater things. Growing and growing and growing and growing. And all the Almighty God is ours in Lord Jesus. All the Almighty God is ours in Lord Jesus. He will tax the last sand, grain of sand, the remotest star, to bless us if we'll just obey what does it matter if external circumstances are hard? God's still just working something out in you and others to bring you out to the side that it's going to be glorious. But if you don't stay the course when it's a little tough, then how are you going to be tough enough to handle what's coming at us? Yeah. Why should they not be? Circumstances being hard. We give way to self-pity and indulge in the luxury of misery. We banish God's riches from our lives and hinder others from entering into his, his provision. So sin is worse than the sin of self-pity. No sin is worse than self-pity because it obliterates God and puts itself, self-interest, upon the throne. It opens our mouths to spit out murmurings and our lives to become craving spiritual sponges. When God is beginning to be satisfied with us, he will then impoverish everything in the name of fictitious wealth until we learn that all of our fresh springs are in him and him alone. It's the majesty and the grace and the power of God are not being manifested in us. God holds us responsible. It's not his fault. It's ours. God is able to make all grace abound. Then learn to lavish the grace of God on others. Be stamped with God's nature and his blessing will come through you all of the time. Live that life in Christ Jesus that others might truly come to know Christ through 
you would that obviously you're being for real with it, so maybe maybe there's something to it, right? Yes. Good catch. Yeah. <laughs> I get the truth I hit. Psalm thirty seven sixteen. Psalm 37, 16. I wrote it in as an after effect. And she put it, and she took it from where I added to number one. But I'd already pinned out my whole book, so I didn't have it in the right spot. So 37, 16. What in the world? Let's do this. 37, 9. For evil doers shall be cut off. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For, little, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yes, though they shall diligently consider his face, his place, it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. But the wicked plot against the just, and gnash upon them with their teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy. And they slay such as be of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter into their own heart. Their bow shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of the many of the wicked. The arms of the wicked shall be, <clears throat> shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the, the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed of the evil time. In the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the world shall be at the fat of the lambs, and they shall consume unto smoke, and unto smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borrows and pays not again, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For such as the blessed of him shall inherit the earth, nay, that be cursed of him shall be cut off. 49. Forty-nine, verse one. Talk about trusting not in riches. See, there's a there's a challenge in riches. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we talked about the love of money being, you know, being the riches, and how we talk so much bad things about the man that's chasing after riches. How they're going to follow the rich man. Remember that he followed everything. I've done everything he did. They go sell all he got and follow me. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But what what we've learned. Is that there's riches in God and in Christ Jesus that are far more valuable than the gold, the silver, and all the things that we've chased after. But will we satisfy ourselves with those riches instead of the riches that the world has to offer? Will we sell, we sell for tangible riches like gold and silver? Or will we sell, settle for eternal riches which are found in Christ Jesus? I guess... The reality is you need to know the difference of the two to know which one to be seeking, right? Yes. So that's the reason for the message today. 49.1 Hear this, all you people. Give ear, all you inhabitants of the world. Both low and high, rich and poor, together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore? Should I fear the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall be compassed me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them 
can by any means redeem his brother, nor give God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he sees that the wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their own wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling place to all generations. They call their lands their own names. So nevertheless, the man being in honor abides not. He is like the beasts that perish. This, their way is their folly, yet their prosperity, posterity, I'm sorry, approve their sayings. Like sheep, they are held, laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of that grave, for he shall receive me. So be not you afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he's, he blessed his soul. The men will praise you when do you well when you do well to yourself. You shall go to the generation of his fathers, and they shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understanding and understands not is like a beast that perishes. You've got these chances, and if you're not going to understand, God says, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get nothing. You can't take nothing with you. Ain't going to be good. So when you go figure this out, quit fighting for that, right? Yes. 62, verse 8. Truly, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression. Become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon the riches. God has spoken twice, once, twice have I heard this, that the power belongs to God. Also to thee, O Lord, belongs the mercy. For you render to every man according to his work. 66.1 Make a joyful noise to the Lord all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Saying to God, how terrible are thy inner works. <clears throat> Through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing unto thy name. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing towards the children of men. He turns the sea to dry land. <coughs> they went through the flood on foot where did they rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. <coughs> Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Oh, bless our God, you people. Make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holds our soul in life. And suffers not our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You have laid affliction upon our loins. You have caused men to ride over our heads. And we went through the fire and through water. But you brought us out into that wealthy place, that inner chamber. Amen. Chapter 112. Verse 1. Praise you, the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delightly, delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Mm -hmm. Unto the upright there rises a light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteousness. Good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be an everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid till he see his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed. 
is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And his horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall, in fact, perish. Proverbs 13. Verse 8. The ransom of a man's life are his riches. But the poor hears not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices. But the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride comes contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathers by labor shall increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When the desire comes, it is in fact a tree of life. Verse 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. But he that regards reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is so sweet to the soul, but it's abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walks with his wise man shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of his son of a sinner is laid up for the just. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that destroyed for want or of judgment. He that spares his rod hates his own son, but he that loves him chastens him betimes or often. Righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked will always want. Proverbs 18, verse 6. In fool's lips, Enter into contention, his mouth calls for strokes. Fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare for, for his soul. The words of a tailbearer are wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also, that is, slothful in his work, is a brother to him that is a great waster. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. As a high wall of his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of the man is haughty. Before honor is humili humility. He that answers a matter before, before he hears it, it is folly and shame unto him. The man, the spirit of the man will sustain the infirmity, but the wounded spirit, who can actually bear? The, hair, the heart of the prudent receives knowledge, gets knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks that knowledge. 19.1 Better is the poor that walks in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Also that soul be without knowledge it is not good. He that hastens with his feet sins. The foolishness of a man perverts his way. His heart frets against the Lord. The wealth makes many friends but the poor is separated from his neighbor. The false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaks lies shall not escape. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that gives gifts. So we try to fake it and manipulate and do everything we got to do as long as we know there's something in, inside of that good for us. Um, I would rather be honest and be real. You know, if you, you've got something I want to tell you, it'd be nice to have. But you know, you think I'm going to compromise for it, you're out your mind. Right? Romans 2. Verse 1. Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whosoever are you that judges, for wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judge do the same things. For we are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them that commit such things. And think you this, O man, that judges them, that does such things, that, that somehow you're going to escape the judgment of God? Or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. But after the hardness and the impenitent heart treasures up to itself, wrath against the day of wrath and the, reverent, excuse me, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So who's going to render to every man according to his own deeds? 
So we're going to find out what that's all about, aren't we? Yes. yes. Turn me to Romans 9, 14. Six, six. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, and the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. But he that is dead is freed from that sin. And if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more, and death has no more dominion over him. But he that he died, he died unto sin once. But if he lives, he lives unto God. So likewise, you also yourselves to be dead. Reckon yourselves to be dead and indeed into sin, but alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, therefore, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it and lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness and to sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead, and that your members as instruments of, of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. You're walking with the Lord at that moment, God's guiding and leading your steps. So what does... What shall we say then? Shall we continue to live this sinful life because we are not under the law, but we're under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, you are to whom you obey, whether it's sin to death or obedience to righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. So being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. So I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, as though you've yielded your members of service to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What you fruit you had, those things thereof you are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death, but now being made free from sin, become servants to God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end is everlasting life. So remember, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, 9, 14. What shall we say then to this? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, of compassion on whom I will have compassion. So that it's not of him that wills, or, nor of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. For the scripture said to Pharaoh, even for the same purpose, I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, that my name might be declared throughout the earth when I destroy you, right? Yes. Therefore has, he has mercy on whom he'll have mercy, and whom he will, will he also will harden you then say unto me, why do you yet find fault? Who has ever insisted, excuse me, resisted his will? But no, old man, who are you that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why did you make me like this? Has not the potter power over the clay and the same lump to make one vessel to honor, another to, the, to dishonor? What if God wanted to show his wrath and to make his power truly known, endured long, much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fit into destruction. That he might make known the riches of glory on his on the vessels of mercy which he had before prepared into glory, even us whom now he's called, not of Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. You know that we all sometimes get to that place where we want to go, why me, Lord? So Anybody ever seen somebody gone to a, a street fair and saw somebody make a pot out of clay? Yes. Yeah. 
I've, has anybody ever seen a blown glass? Yes. Okay. You ever notice that you got you got this glass that doesn't look anything? You got this piece of lump of clay that doesn't look like anything. You got right. nothing going on. And then it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, very detailed, finite effort, to build that pot so that first of all it's strong enough to last. Anyway, we're a piece of clay on a potter's wheel. And he's molding and shaping us into something. And we've already figured out in our own mind that we're to be a pot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be this Christian. We're supposed to be this pot. But now we're trying to tell him what kind of pot we ought to be. And I don't know how we could ever think we'd know. And we try to tell him how to do the work. You know, one of the things I loved about watching, and I've done a lot of this, Laguna Beach has a lot of this, but they have street fairs, but they have glass blowing. And I used to go watch, they don't make mistakes. I mean, these guys don't make mistakes. And they can make some freaking, these little animals that are about like little itty bitty little things, little dragons or little horses, unicorns. They make all, and you look at that and go, how in the hell did you make that intricate little doohickey with that big tube of, of, of glass? You know? <laughs> and watch them do it. But it, it, it also enforces the concept with me that obviously he's not done yet, right? Mm. And so he's still molding and shaping us, and we don't yet know, like John, First John says, we don't know yet what we're going to be, do we? No. But we do know that we're going to be, that we're going to see him as he is because we're going to be like him. Yes. And we have a tendency to hear that and read that on First John five, but we have a bigger tendency to forget it in a moment when we know I'm ready now, and God goes, "No, you're not. You haven't been cured yet. They finish that pot; it's all done. They stick in the oven." Let it bake in there. Come back out and make sure that it didn't warp or warble or whatever. Then they paint it all up, right? Yes. And they stick it back in the oven again. Yeah. Okay? I'm not sure if it goes in twice or three times. I just know they do a lot, a lot, a lot of work to make this pot pretty. I'm okay with God making me pretty. I'll be pretty looking. I mean pretty in a pretty vessel. I'm okay with him doing that. And I'm okay with going along for the ride and, and enjoying his protection. And knowing that even if he messes up, what if, what if he, he messed up and what would he do? He'd just break the clay, right? Break it down, crush it up, start over. And I don't care. I've started over a couple times in my life. How about you? Yes. yes. Okay, he hasn't made a big enough to, mistake to say, oh, too late, can't make anything out of you now, you fucked up too bad. <laughs> right? Yes. So how do we take this life and live it in such a way that we're part of the molding process? I mean, we're going along for the ride. We're not going to kick against the pricks. We're going to go along for the process because he's got a much, much different plan for us than what we had for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yes. yes. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like the way the plan is working out. Yeah. Romans 10, verse 8. But what says it? The word is near thee. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of Faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth Jesus as the Lord and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you personally shall be saved. For if the heart man believes in the righteousness with the mouth confessions made into salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever, whosoever, I guess that's kind of an inclusive statement. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew, the Greek, for the same Lord is over all is rich and to all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, in fact, be saved. And I, am, I want to be one of those guys that's rich under that salvation. Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. The unsearchable 
are his judgments and his ways past ever finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has first given to him and shall it be recompensed again unto him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. All things. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That they're his stuff, not my stuff, right? Yes. First Corinthians 10. Twenty-three. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not good for me. They're not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but they don't all edify. They don't lift me up. Let no man seek his own, but let every man help his brother, another's wealth. Help. Let's help them become well-to-do. Right. Yes. And whatsoever is sold to the shambles, that eat. Taking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof is the Lord's. If any of them that believe not bid you a feast and you be disposed to go, whatsoever is said before you, eat asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say to you, this is offered and sacrificed to my idols, don't eat it. For this, his sake that showed it. And for the conscience sake, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Con conscience, I say, not your own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if by grace you become a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I have given thanks? Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, let's do it all to the glory of God. Amen. Give no offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor even to the church of God. Even as pleases all men in all things, not seeking your own profit, but the profit of many, that they might be saved too. That we're really out to do this to help lots of people get this answer right. Right? Yes. yes. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 3. Giving no offense in anything. That the ministry will be not blamed. But all things are proving ourselves as ministers of God. In much patience and afflictions, necessities, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, and labors, watchings, and fastings. Frankly, get the heck over yourself. Amen. Go through what you got to go through. Do that by the pureness, by the knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love sincere, by the word of truth, and by the power of God, by the armor of of righteousness on the right and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and yet good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and yet behold we live, as chastened yet not killed, nor forsaken, right? Yes. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many others rich because they get to have a hope in them too. And yet possessing all things. Oh, you Corinthians. Oh, you heart of worship, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Our mouth is open to you. Our heart's enlarged, opened. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. You've got to walk your own walk. Mm -hmm. So I speak as my children, so be you also open and ready, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 8, 1. Moreover, brethren, do you, we do you, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a trial of great affliction and abundance of their joy, they and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. It didn't matter what they had or didn't have, they gave anyway. They made it a point to give. They made to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have anything." They went out and ha took what they did have and helped these guys out. For to their power I bear record, yes, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the, to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and then also to the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus 
that as he had begun, so would he also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore you, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, knowledge, and all diligence, in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Talk about riches. Yeah. Yes. Right? According as he has chosen us in himself before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his own will. More riches, right? Yes. To the praise and the glory of his grace, where he has made us accepted in the beloved. Why? Because pretty much we're all stupid and we would have done it on our own, right? Yes. yes. Where he has abounded towards us. Excuse me, in which in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself, that the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both in heaven, those on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, riches again, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, after the counsel of his own will, that you and I should be a praise of glory who first trusted Christ, Amen. in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or the down payment of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, once again, the praise of his glory, more riches. Amen. Ephesians 2.1 And you has he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins where in time past you walked according to the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now works in all the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conduct in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with and through Christ, because it's by grace we've been saved. Amen. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not that of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. 3.8 Unto me, whom less than the least of all these saints, has this grace been given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. For whom the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, who created all things by Christ, to the intent that now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be made known the church of the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth has been named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might by his Spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which fills with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we'd ever think or ask through his riches, according to his power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. 
Colossians expectation of my hope that in nothing I should be ashamed but that which all boldness has always so now also Christ should be magnified in my body which my life or death for me to live as Christ and die is gain but if I live in the flesh this is the fruit of my labor yet what I shall choose I want not notice I don't know what I get to choose it's going to happen to me right yes. <clears throat> for I'm a straight betwixt the two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and the joy of your faith, that your rejoicing may be more <coughs> abundant in Jesus Christ for, for by me, my coming unto you again, let only your conduct be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else I be absent, <coughs> I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in the one spirit and with the one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing absolutely nothing be terrified by your adversaries which is to them the evident token of perdition but to you that fear of the Lord you have is for your salvation and that's God Amen. for unto you is given on the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. For his sake. Colossians 2.1 If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you might be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or selfish vainglory, but in the lowliness, the humility of mind, let steam the other better than ourselves. Not Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. <clears throat> Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in a form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made into the likeness of men. And then being found... In the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. First Timothy. I went to the pen, didn't look at the pen, didn't look at the name of the chapter. My pen. Mm -hmm. Colossians one twenty one. Let's go back to <coughs> Philippians. Go to four ten. I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now the last your care of me is nourished again, where you are also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak of respect of what, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, but both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. Amen. Notwithstanding, you have well done, done well, that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you, Philippians, know now also, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but you only. <clears throat> For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again into my necessity. Not because I desire to give, but I desire the fruit that may abound to your account. 
treasures in heaven for you. But I have all and I abound. I am full, having received Aphroditus the things which were sent from you. <coughs> An odor of sweet smell and sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God then will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So now unto God the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Or let that be so. Colossians one twenty one. <coughs> you, they were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works. Yet now he is reconciled to the body of his flesh through death to present you holy <coughs> and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in faith, ground and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which also was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and will fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ my flesh for, for his body's sake, which is the church. So whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which has been hidden from ages from the generations, now is going to be made obvious or manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory among the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, to whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man this in all wisdom that we present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Wherefore, I also labor, striving according to his work, in, which works in me mightily. I'm going to try to do the work to get you there. Colossians 2, 1, 7. 1, 7. For I would that you knew the great conflict I have for you and for at Laodicea. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Riches again, right? Yes. yes. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, After the flesh, I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith as you have been taught, wherein abounding therein with thanksgiving. <coughs> now, 1 Timothy 6. Verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, it's pretty certain we're going to take nothing out. So the riches of the glory of God might be something that we stick in our pocket. Because it wouldn't go into our, our pocket or our pants, it'd go into our, our pocket and our heart, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation, snare, and they many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of the money is the root of all evil, which while some covered after they have erred through the faith and have pierced themselves through with many, many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith and love, patience and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto you have been called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge. I challenge you and charge you in front of God as my witness in the sight of God who quickens all things before Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you would keep his commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the second coming or the period of our Lord and Savior Jesus, which in times past he shall show who's the true, blessed, and only potentate or royal, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach, and which no man has seen nor can see, to be honor and power for everlasting in their life. Amen. James 1. Verse 9. Let the brother of low degree rejoice, in that he is exalted, but the rich, in that he's made low. But as a flower of the grass, he shall pass away too. For the sun is no no sooner risen with a burning heat, it withers the grass, and the flower thereof fails, and the grace of the fashion perishes. 
so also shall a rich man fade away in his ways. James 2.5 Hearken, my beloved brethren. Has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, which he's promised to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which God you are called, by which you have been called? If you fulfill the royal law according to that scripture, you shall love thy neighbor as thyself, and you will do well. But if you respect the persons and you commit sin, you are convinced the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend even in one point, he's guilty of it all. That he said, do not commit adultery. He said also, do not kill. Now, if you commit no adultery, yet if you kill, you are become a transgressor of the law. So speak you and so do as they that should be judged by the law of liberty. For you shall have judgment without mercy. That has showed no mercy and his mercy rejoices against that judgment. Thinking you can do whatever you want to do and get away with it. James 5, verse 1. Go to now, you rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver is cankered. The rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it does, as it were fire. You have heaped treasure to your, together for yourself for the last days. Behold, the higher the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which has set you back, kept you back by fraud. Cries and cries of them which have reaped or entered into the ears of the Lord of salvation. Or the Sabbath, I'm sorry. And you have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanted. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. So be patient, therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord Jesus. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. But you also be patient, establishing your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draws near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing before the door. 1 Peter 1. <clears throat> Verse 3. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance that's uncorruptible, undefiled, fades not away, and is reserved in heaven for you, riches. <coughs> We're kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed this last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, need be you are in a manifold heaviness through manifold temptations, the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold, and that perishes though it be tried to fire might be found in a praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, whom though you now see him not, you believe, you rejoice with a joy that's unspeakable and a joy that's full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvations of your soul. First <coughs> Peter 13. <coughs> Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end for the grace that should be brought unto you at the revelation of Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you also holy in all manner of conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. If you call upon the Father, who, without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, pass your time here sojourning in fear, reverence. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, not such as silver and gold, from your selfish conduct received by your Father's traditions, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
as a lamb without blemish, without spot, who truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but manifested these last times just for you. <coughs> who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God and God alone. Verse 3, according to his divine power has given to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness, Given them to us through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and to virtue. Whereby we are given to us exceeding and great precious promises. <clears throat> that by these we may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. Because we're giving our lust up. Yes. Besides this, I ask you give all diligence. To add your faith, virtue, virtue, character. Excuse me, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. Patience, godliness. To God in us, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, true charity. For if these things be in you, and they abound, they make you, they make you. Hmm. I wonder how to get there, he just told you. Okay. Make you, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus. He that lacks these things, though is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from all these old sins. So wherefore the rather, brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never, ever fall. Hmm, sounds familiar. For so an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's going to open up a multi-lane highway just for you. 1 John chapter 3, 2 Peter 1. Verse 18. <clears throat> Last one. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. Amen. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So we'll have a confidence, right? Yes. yes. But if our heart condemns us, because we're a little cockeyed for the moment, God is greater than our heart. And he knows all things. Amen. He knew what you were intending to do. He knew you were a little squirrely. And he's saying, stop that. Right? Yes. yes. But if our heart condemns us not, we have confidence towards our God. Right. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. He that keeps his commandment dwells in Christ and God, and Christ and God dwell in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us because of the spirit that he's given to us. So we have this absolute trust and belief and faith. We got to live it out and walk it out. So all these things in this life we're living, how do we, how do we take these and not allow ourselves or let ourselves get sideways again and again and again by, by practicing the wrong things. God's given a pretty evident track for us to run down. Promised all the different things he's going to get us there. Showed us that what we have to do is, you know, accept the riches that he has for us, which, geez, I don't know the last time I turned down any riches. So um, God wants to give us something special. And we know that something special is the thing that's going to keep us out of hell and keep us on track with him. I think we got to be kind of stupid not to say yes, don't we? Yes. And I, I don't know that we want to say no to that. I think we want to say yes, because I don't imagine anybody is that stupid in here. I'm serious. I don't think you are. I think you've done some stupid stuff. But I don't think you're stupid. Mm -hmm. I think you might be ignorant, sometimes willfully that way. But we need to start walking this out in such a way that we're not going to remain foolish anymore. Amen. I, I know from fact from many of you, not all of you, because some of you still don't like being stupid, I guess, but I know that from some of you that when you do the stupid shit, it really kicks your ass. You hate it. Yeah. But you yes. hate it enough to stop. Yes. Are you going to let it keep stealing from you and stealing from others in your life? So it's not just stealing from you. If it's stealing from you, it's going to steal in my life as your pastor, in your life as friends. It's going to steal from all of us. Are we really, really you know, caught up in such a way that we don't care? That if someone else gets hurt, it doesn't bother us. I think it's really high time, more important, very relevant, that we 
pay attention and start working these things out the, the way we ought to to get the glory of God moving in, in, at the right pace in our life. I, I don't know about you, but I know there's a whole lot coming still. And I know that whatever's coming, I want to be there for be part of it. But I also know that um, I really don't, not, not interested in having to go alone. I like, kind of like I've taken care of you this long, kind of like taking care of you. But I'm not afraid to go alone. None of you went to prison, did you? No. Either time? No. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I, you know, I can make it. I just don't necessarily like having to be in that place. My question is, what are we going to do to ensure ourselves and ensure one, one another that we're going to be serious about this and, and genuinely embrace this change? Change is not an immediate event. It's a process. But if you don't bother to start the process, it will never be finished. I got a lot of people posing and posturing and trying to look like they're doing it, and they keep talking out out of their mouth like and talking how they're doing it. But I got to tell you, I can name off a list in here you probably wouldn't want to hear of people that aren't actually doing it though. They're still talking about it, and it's time to stop talking about it and get it done. Get after it and watch the change. You won't be disappointed. Father, we come before tonight and say thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. What a incredible night of ministry and. And Lord, just the message, but bringing down and helping us understand the riches, the true riches in our life are to be found in you and your precious son. Amen. So Lord, help us, help us grasp that concept of riches, knowing that it is at times tangible, other times not so much, but either way it's with you. And that's, that's the part that matters the most. So help quicken that to our, our spirits and our minds, Lord God, that we would no longer kick against pressure. We'd get, get in and get along for the ride. We pray tonight, Lord God, that you, your spirit, and your precious son, all Lord, we glorify for all this. We do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. amen.